Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. I want to thank everybody for tuning in this evening and welcome again to this Super happy, super happening political straight talk. I'm your host, the political superman, coming to you live from the foothills of North Carolina, Tennessee, and Virginia. The time, 10.02 p.m. on the East Coast, 7.02 on the Mary Gwana Left Coast. And for those of you that have been listening for the past several minutes and have heard my bumper music today, Eric Clapton's Cocaine. And so I know everybody's kind of scratching their head going, what in the crap would anything he have to discuss do with cocaine? So as I was working on the topic this week, I was trying to determine exactly how I wanted to go with this week. And I'm going to... I'm going to read some stuff off to you. I, I was working on this, and so it is. Uh, yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna go here. So here we go. As of 2017, 26.8 million people in the United States over the age of 12 have an addiction. Only about 5 million have received treatment for their addiction in the same year. 20 million Americans over the age of 12, excluding tobacco. 100 people die every day from drug overdoses. 5 million emergency room visits were drug-related. 2.6 million people with addictions have a dependence on alcohol and illegal drugs. 9.4 million people reported driving under the influence. 6.8 million people with an addiction have a mental illness. Illicit drug use is highest among those from 18 to 25. Over 90% of those with an addiction begin drinking, smoking, or using illicit drugs before the age of 18. So, staggering, but... Let's keep going. Okay? Alcoholism. Binge drinking is more common in men. 10% of men aged 12 and older reported heavy drinking five or more days in a month, while two, two, a little over 2.6% of women reported this. 11% of Americans have driven under the influence. 11%. That is over 40 million people. Out of 16.6 million people with alcoholism, 2.6 are also dependent upon illicit drugs. It's estimated that 95% of those who need treatment for alcoholism do not feel they need treatment. 
More people receive treatment for alcohol than any other substance, and 30% of those who received treatment reported using public or private health insurance to pay for the treatment. Go to the next one. And just so you know, I'm going to run through several of these because it's important, and there's one in particular that I'm getting ready to come to that's going to put me sideways with uh, people within my own family and in my own hierarchy, and that's perfectly fine. They have the right to be wrong. Tobacco products have the highest rates for dependents. Okay, tobacco-related cost for the United States is over $190 billion. This includes health care costs, loss of productivity, productivity, etc. The rate of illicit drug use was 9.5 times higher for teens who smoked cigarettes for those who didn't. Tobacco causes more deaths each year than all other substance abuse-related deaths combined. Okay, and I'm going to go ahead and give a heads up to the one that thinks they're going to intervene in here and start on me this evening. Not going to work. Okay, so don't even. Tobacco users in general are more likely to abuse drugs and alcohol. Over 40% of cigarette smokers reported binge drinking. The rates of pack-a-day smokers among those 18 to 25 has managed to decrease some but only by 13%. The next one. Marijuana use are mostly responsible for the increase in the use of illicit drugs in the United States over the past 15 years. The rates of marijuana use are responsible for the increase in the use of illicit drugs in the United States over the past 15 years. Marijuana is the most common illicit drug used for the first time. Now, get this number. 7,000 people try marijuana for the first time every day. Out of 2.6 million people who tried marijuana for the first time, over half were under the age of 18. And the majority of youths aged 12 to 17 do not perceive a great risk from smoking marijuana. Okay, now listen to this next stat because this was the most staggering. Marijuana had the highest rate of dependence out of all illicit substances. Next up, let's go talk Eric Clapton. Okay. We did see a decrease in crack use from 2006 to 2011, cocaine including crack. It decreased by nearly a million less users. But cocaine has one of the highest potentials of developing an addiction in those who abuse the drug. Approximately 1,800, pe- or, yeah, 1800 people, 12 and older, tried cocaine for the first time in 2014. Over 800,000 Americans reporting ad- report an addiction to cocaine. The largest amount of illicit drug-related emergency room visits were cocaine-related. Think about that. Cocaine is also the most common drug found in addiction to alcohol and in alcohol-related emergency room visits. And cocaine use is highest among Americans aged 18 to 25 in the form of crack because that tends to be the cheaper. Okay? Heroin. 
Heroin has doubled in its addiction since 2007. It's estimated that 80% of the new hep C infections occur among those who use drugs intravenously, such as heroin users. Nearly half who use heroin reportedly started abusing prescription painkillers before they ever used heroin, and over a quarter million of drug-related emergency room visits are related to heroin use. Now, here's a big one. The sale of painkillers has increased 300% since 2009. Tens of millions of Americans use prescription medications non-medically each year. Three out of four prescription overdoses are caused by painkillers. In 2009, one in three prescription painkiller overdoses were caused by methadone. Overdoses caused by painkillers are more common than heroin and cocaine overdoses combined. Half of the people abusing prescription drugs get them from a friend or a relative, and over 17% was prescribed the medication. The number of people receiving treatment for addiction to painkillers and sedatives has doubled since 2009. Okay? Now, some of these other some of these other statistics that uh, this last one I'm going to do amphetamine and methamphetamine. Um, the numbers aren't as current as I'd like them to be, but in 2010, 13 million people have abused methamphetamines in their life, and approximately 350,000 people were regular users. This number increases by an average of over 80,000 per year. There were approximately 160,000 amphetamine and methamphetamine-related emergency room visits. In 2011, use of amphetamines is increasing among college students. A study across 100 colleges showed nearly 7% of all college students use am amphetamines illegally, and over 25% of those students reported use in the past year. A study by UCLA revealed that methamphetamines release nearly four times as much dopamine as cocaine, which means the substance is more addictive. And that's just to get started. Okay, let's go to the 10 most common addictions. Obviously, number one is tobacco with over 40 million. Alcohol follows close behind with 18 million. Next behind that is marijuana at 4.2 million. Behind that, painkillers, 1.8 million. Cocaine, a million. Heroin, half a million. These are staggering numbers, numbers that just blow my mind. I knew it was a problem. And, you know, I think everybody's family's been touched by it in some way or other. But as we, as we are talking about today, President Trump announced that they're going to negotiate lower prices with the drug companies, uh, which actually is what got me into this, uh, if you want to know the truth, why it's coming up tonight, because we're going to talk about drug companies a little bit. Um, so, yeah, let's, let's go ahead and get started with that particular topic. So, as I mentioned, President Trump has announced that they're going to work to lower the cost of prescription medication in this country. 
And one of the reasons that it is as expensive as it is when a new drug comes out, I'll, I'll use Viagra as an example. Viagra has been out for 18 years now. Okay, 17 of those 18 years, it was under patent. Okay, it takes nearly 20 years to get a medication onto the market. So these companies spend a lot of money in R&D, research and development. Millions upon millions upon millions upon millions of dollars is spent before a drug ever sees its first day on the shelf, actually even before it goes to clinical trials. And so they have 17 years to recoup their money under patent. And then once that patent has expired, then the generics can come along. Now, a lot of times a company that makes the name brand will also produce a generic and market it so that they catch both uh, both sides of the equation for 17 years. I'll give you an example of one of the biggest finds in the country, Tylenol. Okay, well, many of you now know that Tylenol is the same as acetaminophen. A generic is marketed under the chemical name while a brand name, obviously, or, or the, the parent product, is marketed under its retail name. Um, give you another example, Zantac. Go into a store, you can get Zantac for uh, 20 bucks for the big box, where I can go get the same thing, which is ranitidine, the active ingredient, for $4. And the reason you pay the difference, number one, the binding agents are different. Um, most generics are bound with a talc base, whereas your name brand medicines are not. And anyway, so not to digress into that, but my concern is, so if we're here making drugs even more affordable, number one, it does hurt the drug companies. And everybody can say, well, they make millions and millions. Yes, they do. Don't dispute that in the, in the least but they also put millions and millions back into finding new drugs. Now, some argue that the companies want to make you sick and keep you sick. But the truth of the matter is that these drug companies do provide a service. And, you know, I'm not going to argue if in the boardroom they're not saying, you know, if so many people get sick, here we go. But what's the correlation between cheap drugs and the drug abuse problem I don't have any one single answer I just know that it's a systemic problem that we don't seem to be trying to address with anything quickness and we need more treatment facilities we need to make treatment we need to deal with drugs in a treatment fashion and not in a criminal fashion in a lot of cases, especially the small-timers that are addicted to this stuff. Do we need to go after the people that are peddling on the streets? You're damn right. Lock them up and throw away the key. Okay, you start taking down some of these kingpins and the big distributors, like the 23-year-old woman in Minnesota, one of the biggest methamphetamine meth dealers in the area had a multi-million dollar operation that she was running, 23 years old. 
matter of fact, when they went into the house and busted her, there was nearly half a million dollars of meth cooling and solidifying. Don't have every answer, but drugs is a, drugs are a problem in this country. A big one. And I think that President Trump has started. He, he truly has started to try and address it. He is trying to get more services for people with addictions, and they need to. Um, but think about this. You know those able-bodied laws that they just re-implemented across nearly all the 50 states? How about if we take some of that money and divert it into treatment programs? And President Kennedy had it right. He created state mental hospitals. Um, this state had three of them uh, with nice campuses, huge facilities, or as President Trump would say, huge facilities that were shuttered. I think maybe we need to crank them back open and let's start finding a way to deal with this. Because if we can deal with the addictions, then we can create man hours to put into our economy what's going to generate money. And I'm all for that. All right. So there's the there's the drug spiel. And uh, later on in the program, anybody wants to talk about it, we can call about it. I don't normally make public endorsements, but I did go on record today on a radio station in Nashville with an endorsement for the uh, mayor's race, and I'm going to do so here again, uh, just because I think it's important. I've been uh, used to live in the city. I'm aware of how it runs, and I think that Mayor Briley is out of his element. He doesn't know how to be mayor of the largest city in the state of Tennessee and doesn't need to be mayor of the largest city in the state of Tennessee. So I endorse The Undertaker to be the mayor. His brother, Kane, is going to be the mayor of Knoxville. So let's just put them together, and it'll be okay. WWE comes to town. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. On a serious note, though, I uh, I do hope, and I told this on w, uh, uh, WWTN today, that I hope Dr. Carol Swain, a retired professor, a political science professor at the Vanderbilt University, becomes the next mayor. She has an uphill, uh, an uphill climb. Uh, she is an African-American conservative, and I think she would be head and shoulders above any of the candidates that are currently in that race. And to Ralph Bristol, I will say this. You, sir, are no Republican you sure as hell are not a conservative. And as far as I'm concerned, you're no better than Barack Hussein Obama, Mr. Tax and Spend. So, oh, that's having said that, you're wearing me out. He said, I, said can't, I can't prove that he's not a conservative. <laughs> okay. Um, gas tax increase, that'd pretty much do it. Although, I go on the record as saying, and most people knew this, I was in favor of the gas tax increase. Still am. Glad it was implemented. 
Now, if it'll go to the roads like it's supposed to, not a problem. You know, not going to. That's the problem with we'll, them. We'll we'll see where it goes, but if it goes to the roads like it's supposed to, cool beans. It should. Also, well, I also think that instead of raising our taxes, what they need to do is put the federal gas tax back in the states and just let the states handle the roads, uh, including the interstates. But, hey, that's just me. All right. This show would not be called Political Straight Talk if we didn't talk a little politics. So let me first start out with the political part of this and say that Songbird John, and I'm referring to Senator John McCain, whom I've had the pleasure of meeting. I think he is a good, decent dude. I sat and talked to him for a while uh, when I met him uh, on the stump and uh, found him to be entertaining. Okay? And and he is entertaining. I'm, I'm not going to take I that bet. from him. I bet. But I'm, I'm going to say this. Number one, he's wrong for giving the dossier up. He knew it was fake when he gave it up. Everybody knew it was fake when they gave it up, and they did it anyway. And secondly, since when in this country should somebody be fired from their job because they make a statement in a closed meeting, okay? What happened to the freedom of speech in this country, especially people that work in the White House, the people that are charged with protecting that very freedom? Why is it that we have to tiptoe over every little statement that we make, because the last time I checked in the Constitution in those first ten pesky little things called the Bill of Rights, it says that we have the freedom of speech and the freedom of expression, both of which would protect what the girl said. Okay, I don't necessarily agree with what she said. I probably would have said it in a different way, but I can sure understand why she would say it. As far as the people that call him Songbird John, the truth of the matter is that when he was at the Hanoi Hilton, he did crack. He did talk. The only thing is he didn't know much of anything to talk about. So while you want to come back and you want to criticize other people, sir, for protecting the United States, remember that before you got captured, you were about to be kicked out of the military dishonorably. And the only reason anybody talks about you is because you were at the Hanoi Hilton. But may I remind you that many, many, many soldiers came back from there that did not crack, and you, mm-hmm. sir, did. And that's a fact, Jack. Nobody talks or John, about that. as you like to be called. Nobody talks about that. Of course nobody talks about it. It's bad politics to talk about it, but it's the truth. Everybody's known as the truth. Nobody would be talking about it now if he wasn't such a crackhead. It's, it's well, the deal is he's got a tumor on his brain. He's dying. Simple as that. Okay? And, you know, he's going to die. And yeah, it, well, it, you know, I'm sorry, but, you know, I read something today, and I have to agree that, you know, people in that position who are dying should actually start looking to for peaceful you know, to make peace with yourself, not to be so He's going to be the bitter old man, liar, murderer. That's what I mean. He's being so vindictive, and he's got one foot in the grave. I'd be careful. Barbara, shut your computer off. You're echoing. Your computer is bringing through the sound. Now? 
I don't know. No, it's gone. Okay. But, I mean, he's he's so vindictive now. I don't want Trump at my funeral. Who? Well, how do you know he wants to go? Well, I mean, he's got a right to say who he wants and who he don't at his funeral. I don't have a problem with that. Well, you know, but say it. Again, why would – this is the problem. Why is everybody getting butthurt over a war of words? Let them say what they got to say. That is the country where we have the right to say that. It's very telling when he wants Obama to deliver one of the eulogies. Very telling. Again, it's his eulogy. He's going to be dead. What does it matter? Well, just show you If he wants side. President Obama to deliver it, let him. I have no problem with that. Uh, it ain't like we're going and going to have to listen to it. That's the point. They'll televise it, but we can always turn the channel. And I, I hear, I hear reruns of the Titanic is on. <laughs> Wondering if it's going to miss the iceberg this time. Oh, it didn't. It hit it again. Well, you know, I've never made it to the end of that movie. Oh, Jack dies. Just so y'all know. Jack dies at the end. I'm just going to lay it out there. And I blame it on Boss Lady. It is her fault I've never made it to the end of that movie. For the record. And she she can't jump in here and deny that because she knows it's true. I don't want to know. Anyway. So, politics, listen. Okay, and, and maybe it's because I've been cramming for probability and statistics the last couple of days. But the truth of the matter is this right here. Let's talk probability and statistics. It's probable that President Trump is going to be reelected. It's statistical fact that he has completed now almost 70% of his agenda. It is a statistical fact that he got three prisoners released from North Korea that Obama had tried for four years to get released. It is a statistical fact that when Democrats were in office and they got something like this done, they paraded them out to the White House. Does anybody remember Bergdahl? Oh, yeah. Oh, what, what did Susan Rice say? He served with distinction. Honor and distinction. Honor and distinction. He was a traitor. He was a traitor. He is a traitor. And somebody should put a bullet between his eyes. They will. Just wait. Simple as that. Here's the point. When the president goes and gets three individuals released, and look, I'm just going to tell you, if they can work out a deal on that peninsula and get the nukes off the peninsula and open those two countries up to where the North and South can both be productive and prosperous, it's a benefit to the United States and every other major economy, Uh, Great Britain, China, even Mm -hmm. China's economy, they all have positives to this thing being a conclusion. So get a conclusion, get it done, and hey, if they walk into wherever they're going to have it next month, and I think that's kind of symbolic that they're having it in Singapore, but... uh, if if they can walk in there and get a deal done and get signed on the dotted line, get some verifications going on, 
I think that's a feather in the cap of everybody involved, even Kim Jong-un. Yeah, especially if they could end the war. Wouldn't that be something? Because if they manage to get that going and get the economy up, and and maybe because here's the thing, I don't think Kim Jong-un knows too much outside of his country. Mm-mm. I mean, think about it. The little hermit dictator's been stuck there. Could you imagine what it'd be like for him to come to the U.S.? Mm. Well. And he see with the economy here with his own eyes? Mm-hmm. Now, I will tell you, if he comes to New York, he won't leave. He won't leave the cordon around the United Nations. Because, you know, diplomats, even those not friendly to the U.S., are protected as long as you stay in the cordon. Mm-hmm. If you step out of it, well... They might suspend certain rules of the U.S. government, and the next thing you know, oops, mugged in New York. My bad. He goes back in the box. Because <laughs> he'd be better off in a pine box on a slow train back to Pyongyang than in a prison doing time. Anyway, <laughs> I see our. I see our racist friends are in and trying to do their thing tonight. I'm catching them as they come in, giving them the old heave-ho. I forgot to mute the the chat, so I'll go ahead and take care of that. That way, as they come in, it'll just take care of them. Anyway. Oh, yeah, see, there they go. Bye-bye. Go to the weakest link. All right, so today's actually been a quiet political day for the most part. The the drug thing, I wish they would allow Medicare to negotiate. Well, you know, Medicare has been doing it for years. I mean, if they haven't got it done now, then he has to take it on himself. Medicare's well, known about high drug prices for years and years and years. So. Well, it would be good to see, it would be great, actually, to see Congress uh, make some moves and put some changes in place. Um, I, I know that President Trump is thinking about uh, opening the market up to Canadian drugs. Mm. And if any of y'all are aware of drugs made in Canada, they are just as good as the United States, but they are much, 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 much cheaper. Mm-hmm. If they open that market, it's going to flush. <laughs> flush. It's going to push drug prices down, and ironically, by a lot of the same companies that are marketing here in the United States. Well, you've got the FDA too. I mean, well, they're have- they're trying to they're trying to speed up the FDA approval process. The FDA likes to drag their feet. Was it 20 years from the time a new drug comes out before it goes generic? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. It's it's 17 years from the date that it begins market till the time that it, uh, you have a 17-year patent. See, that's Generally, wrong. you've got a, huh? That's so wrong. I don't think so. I Listen, I agree that drug companies need to get their money back because without them getting their money back, there's no R&D. Right. That's the problem is that they spend a lot of money on the research and development because Viagra was not did not start out 
as a impotency drug. It was a heart right. drug. They were doing right. some studies on the heart, and that was a side effect of it. And, yeah, they probably made up their money, but one of the reasons that they are so expensive when they first come, when the drugs first come out is they have to get what the cost of the research and development program was to do, right. to cover. Right. They've got a short amount of time to get it done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It takes 17 I do apologize if y'all keep getting muted. I am uh, I'm playing with the controls. Oh, okay. I don't know that it take I don't know that it takes seventeen years, but I mean, there's a lot of things that the I checked before I came on because I wanted to discuss the I wanted to discuss this part of it, and Viagra. Made their it's Pfizer that done Viagra, I believe. Right. They made their they made their money back over six years. So anything after the six year mark was a profit for them. But the pat their patent has expired now, hasn't it? Aren't they? Doing it expired December. Stuff? It expired last December the sixth, I believe. Okay. Because now there's a company in North Carolina. That's basically got the the corner of the market for the generic. Well, you know that's why they changed the air conditioning, and they're all going on this. Uh, you got to have a new. I forgot now. It's the numbers. That's why the Freon for my air conditioner is so expensive because they're going to a new Freon, and it's not because the Freon that we're using is bad. It's because the patent is ex- expiring, and they don't want other people replicating it and making money off of it. So you right. have to go to the new one. Wow. So what you do is you change you change the formula and the makeup just enough to get a new patent. That's right. Mm-hmm. You can't do that on drugs. They've got a they've got a clause in there that keeps them from doing that because then all they would do is change the binder and have another seven years, seventeen well, years. Even my, even my generics have gone up. I mean, my insurance company is charging me more now. Okay. So well. At one time, Barbara, think, you need to. You need to find a Publix because Publix has a long list of free meds. Publix does. Uh, Walmart's got some. Kroger has some. It's just a matter of searching them out. Well, no, and, I mean, I'm saying, like, one medication uh, a few months ago cost me 60 cents. Now it's up to a dollar. Oh, good Lord. Well, I'm just saying. I'm not that, interested in hearing you complain about 40 cents. I'm just trying to make a point. There ain't no point to make on that. You're already getting a below market value. Listen, this is this is the gist of it right here, okay? There are the market as we know it for drugs is about to change. Yeah. Because look, you've got Aetna who just bought CVS. Okay? CVS and Aetna are about to combine. CVS Caremark, one of the largest drug companies in the country, uh, we got some internal memos today on how that's going to operate. And yeah, buddy. <laughs> yeah, buddy is all I'm going to say. Um, they are they're preparing to go head-to-head with Walgreens, which is about to team up with UHC. Well, enter in the biggest company of all of them, into this battle sometime next year, 
little company called Walmart. Mm-hmm. Walmart's about to buy Humana. Does anybody know what Humana has the number one amount of? Anybody Drugs? know? Medicare patients. Well, yeah, Medicare. Humana is the number one provider of Medicare. Uh, Part D, Part B, C, Alpha 976, whatever. (laughs) Walmart picks that company specifically. Okay, because I'm going to tell you something else, and this is internal, and I'd probably get killed if they knew I was telling this. But there was a bid for Walmart to buy Aetna. Wow. Edna, Edna went shopping for Walmart to buy them. Hmm. And Walmart told them no because Walmart was looking for a specific type of insurance. They want dental, vision, medical, life. They want it all. You want to know why they want it all? They want it all so they can package it and make it competitive. And I guarantee you they'll put some of these insurance companies out of business. Anthem, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, I mean, they're going to have to combine in order to keep up with all this. Hmm. And Trump knows this. This isn't yeah. some big surprise. This is this is stuff that, that Obama never would allow to go through. No. For example, Aetna was originally supposed to buy Humana. As a matter of fact, many of y'all heard me talk about that. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it was, I mean, it was a big deal internally. Well, that started before President Trump took office, and the Obama Justice Department said, nope, kick rocks. Wow. Okay, so Edna said, okay, that's fine, we'll go with CBS. And now look at what's happened as a result, because had Edna been able to buy Humana, they would have become the largest insurance company in the in the country. Mm-mm. Well, now that's not going to happen, and you've got... Berkshire Hathaway, Amazon, and Apple all coming together to create their own insurance company. You've got drug companies combining. You've got pharmacies combining with insurance companies. But I think the biggest shakeup on this market will be the Walmart merger. I think the Walmart merger is going to do more for consumers than anything. Isn't Humana the main hub of Obamacare? No. Actually, Cigna is the main hub for Obamacare. Oh, okay. Cigna and Blue Cross and Blue Shield are the top two for Humana, or for Humana, shoot, for Obamacare. Humana's in there. I mean, that's one of your choices, but uh, cost-wise, Cigna, if you don't go at all, Cigna's the best route to go because you pay the least for it, but you have extremely high deductibles and co-pays. If you go and you're trying to not have, you know, a ton paid out of your pocket when you go to the doctor, the best one to go with is Blue Cross Blue Shield. Mm -hmm. That's what I have. So, but see, this goes back to, and and I know with some of you, you're going to get butthurt over the following statement, but listen, I I think Medicare and Medicaid ought to be done away with. It really doesn't benefit me. I think they need to be thrown in the garbage. And what you do is you turn it over to these private insurance companies and you say, look, let let that money be funneled into these companies and let them compete for Medicare bucks. 
because that's the thing. The Medicare Part D, obviously companies can compete with that. So make it a competitive thing instead of government run like it is, and you're going to drive some of those costs down. You're going to increase the risk pool or widen the risk pool, which will also cause prices to go down. And again, I know there's people that don't want to hear that, but uh, if if there was a political Superman presidency, that's one of the first things I'm doing. I'm privatizing it all. Medicare, Medicaid, gone. See ya. Sign our. Um, the IRS, I'm saying, you know what? Why is it we need a huge IRS? Let the states collect the taxes like they're supposed to. Send what they're supposed to to the Treasury of the United States, and there you go. You put well, some bean counters in the Treasury, and that's that. You do a flat tax, and you're on your way. And I think we'll get it to Trump, too. Yeah. What, the flat tax? Yeah. Whew. That's, that's going to be a rough one. You're going, yeah. to have to con- you're going to have to convince Congress. If you can get the 60-vote threshold with this coming up election, if you can get to 60 votes, if you can get, hell, if you can get to 59 or 58, you can get two conservative Democrats to come over. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you one that would come over. Jim Cooper would come over for that. Yeah. But um, flat tax would help everybody involved. Uh, yeah. So, um, Jack, who do you think is the mole? Um, if, you know, one or two people. I I'm I'm stuck between Kellyanne Conway's husband and um oh the young fella. Papadopoulos? Yeah. That's exactly who I thought it was because they kept trying to say that he was more than what he really was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're protecting like somebody else we know who works campaigns. <laughs> Are we talking about Jill? <laughs> I'll throw it out there. It's maybe, maybe. Well, but you know, you're right because I was talking with our mutual friend the other day, and she had said because she does a lot on Twitter, and she said that Ann's husband had let a lot of stuff out. Really? Yeah, I think mm-hmm. it's him because you know he hates Trump and he doesn't like the fact that Kellyanne works for him. Wow. Well, Kelly bring, Kelly's bringing home the bacon, and let me tell you something. He may be short in more than one way than stuff. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> this is a family I'm program. I'm just saying he's short-minded. Yeah. I didn't know he hated Trump that much. Well, oh, yeah. uh, according, to just... our mutual, according to our mutual friend, he's let some stuff out of the bag, uh, and not our not our lawyer friend, but... Um, my friend, she she said that he had said a lot of stuff she really thought was probably shouldn't shouldn't be shouldn't have been said. I thought it was Paul Manafort that was the plant that he was no planning. no no. I think it was Papa. Okay, Donald. in honor of Kellyanne Conway's husband, here we go.
Now, this is the edited version because the unedited version says something totally different. Uh-huh. <laughs> but there you go. I bet you I could say what it was. <laughs> I bet you could, but this is a family program. Yeah, Richard Dixon. That's brought, that's brought to you on most days by Chick-fil-A. Well, they didn't invent the chicken, just the chicken sandwich. Have a number one, large-sized, with a diet Cherry. drink of some sort, some sort or lemonade, or unsweet tea with Splenda. Only the enough Splenda to sweeten your drink, because oh. unlike certain people on this call, <clears throat> I do not take extra Splenda and stash it away. Yuck. Splenda. That's as bad as sweet and low. Jesus. Yeah, you might as well do the r- real stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, do, I do Splenda. I've got a bag of it sitting right here. I think I'll open one and eat it just to oh, make y'all no. mad. Anyway. Wow. <laughs> You're so, right, hard-headed. so. You're so hard-headed. Why are you so hard-headed? So I have to go back. Well, you know. I'm not taking the bait. Not taking the bait. (laughs) (laughs) This is Political Straight Talk after dark. Thank you. Thank you very much. You only know, think you know what goes on when the recording stops. When the light. Go down on the recording. Okay. <laughs> and the stop button has been hit. I think you've been eating too much Splenda. Well, <laughs> well, you know, it is free. She keeps all those extra packets around that she gets from the restaurant because she don't want to buy it herself. <laughs> I do buy it. I buy great big old boxes from Sam's. But, you know, when you pay for it, never mind. I took the bait. Damn it. (laughs) It tastes a lot better when you don't have to pay for it. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's her inner inner Democrat coming out. Uh, They know it. I get everything. I get everything free. If I'm, if I need to, you know, if I want to become a Democrat, I needed to get everything free, not a couple of. Will you go make me a sandwich and let the people talk? Okay. Hey, hey. Wow. (laughs) You know who's running for governor in Arkansas? Bill Clinton. No. (laughs) Jan Morgan. So. It's time to go go vote. (laughs) It's Arkansas, so. I know. Do we not know anybody that lives in Arkansas? I do. Don't worry. When it's time to vote, they'll vote the right person, I promise. Or else. They do happen to know a political strategist, you know, that's pretty Ah. adverse on that kind of stuff. Oh. Now we can just get that political strategist this way. 
when she John, when she finishes Governor, making me a sandwich on that day, I'll tell her who to vote for. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, there's a. You gonna get that my, sandwich so right up against your head. My my. Son, I wasn't thinking of, I wasn't thinking of about. Never mind. I'll be quiet. What, it's a family. Seconds? It's a family show. <laughs> so my son posted this thing. There's these two chimps, apes, gorillas, whatever they were, and one of them was picking the bugs off. And uh, it says, "Can you believe that the Boy Scouts are letting the girls in?" And the one that's picking the bugs off goes, "Well, somebody has to make the sandwich." <laughs> <laughs> Is that a chicken sandwich? You want fries with that? Waffle fries with no end pieces, thank you. Oh, waffle fries. What? Oh, yeah. Anyway. Shoestring. Uh, now, hey, shoestrings are good, but the best fries, crinkle cut. Yeah. You can't be crinkle cut. Or steak fries. Those are true American fries right there. American fries. Steak cut. Steak fries are good. For the record, by the way, um, many of you know that I've always used Aaron Tippins, you got to stand for something or you fall for anything, is my bumper music. He will be in concert in this area weekend to next, the 18th, performing. Just Who's so y'all know. Who? Aaron Tippin. Oh. Whoever that is. I'm not going to Aaron Tippin. Why don't you kiss? And kiss yes, this. Yes. That's what she's I'm saying about making my sandwich. My <laughs> That's what she's saying about making a sandwich. <laughs> the extra wow. mustard on that one. Get to it. Yeah. Anyway, get some, get some mayonnaise. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like mayonnaise and that's what I will do if he ever demands me to yeah. make him a sandwich. I'm going to slather it up with a bunch of mayonnaise. There you go. I'm going to put mayonnaise on both sides and in between the meat and in between the cheese. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I as, as he mutes and pukes in the trash can. <laughs> I even offered him the other night. I said, when I send him this thing, I'm going to send him. I'll send him a jar of mayonnaise. <laughs> All right. <laughs> 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 kind of funny. I'd even open up the jar for him and then pour it into the box. <laughs> <laughs> He's a puke. He's a puke. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to apologize to the listening audience for that dead air. But certain guests on this program are about to get the mute button. All right. That's okay. I'll go eat mayonnaise. What? And lick it off of the knife. Oh, I, 
Have you ever had a mayonnaise sandwich? I love mayonnaise sandwiches. <laughs> well, I love a tomato and mayonnaise sandwich. Mm-hmm. Now, I will get back to the business of this program. If anybody would like to join in, I am not unmuting you. Don't even press the button to be unmuted. You might as well forget it. Now, as I was saying, before I was so rudely sent away to the trash can, that we have a lot of problems in this country. There's way (laughs) overproduction of mayonnaise. (laughs) I say export all mayonnaise production to Mexico. Anyway. So, look, y'all have done throwing the show off the wheels, okay? I had a perfectly planned program here. avocado mayonnaise? It's really good. Oh, I love avocados. Oh, yum. Listen, I'm about to mute every last one of y'all until this program is over. You don't like avocados either? Oh, yeah, I like avocados. Wow. So, Maxine Waters... Um, I like a mayonnaise and egg sandwich, too. (laughs) You have to love Maxine Waters. Chipotle mayonnaise is good, too. She's got mayonnaise in her hair. That's her conditioner. Now, as I said, I love Maxine Waters. Okay. Because she, and and listen, where the Democrats choose to find these people is beyond me. Okay? But <laughs> she told a Pennsylvania Republican that she resents the, quote, hell out of the phrase, making America great again. Okay? That she told... Uh, <laughs> She was as as offended as an African-American woman will ever be. And, (laughs) wow, I I just, I I resent the remark about America making America great again, saying that Donald Trump is a dishonorable president, and further reprimanding Kelly, telling him that she would yield not one second (laughs) to him. And listen, do the phrase making America great again, the truth is America's never been ungreat or not great in all of its time. Has our flag flew low a few times? Yes. Has our light dimmed a little bit? Yes. But at the end of the day, when it counted most, rank-and-file Americans came out of their homes, they put out their flag, and they went to work just like we will always do. Mm-hmm. And when the time gets tough, the tough get going, and that's what we will do, all of us. Well, most of us, unless mm-hmm. you're a raghead or illegal. Mm-hmm. And that's how we're built. That's how we're always going to be built. And when the world needs a cop, they call us. When the world needs fed, they call us. When the world needs somebody to go do something that nobody else is willing to do, they call us. And then we call our buddies over in Israel, and we go get it done. And Maxine Waters can pucker up 
and kiss my red, my white, and let me emphasize white and blue ass. She's just a hateful person. Simple she as really that. Is. And for She's all of you people that want to get on your sanctimonious high horse and talk about how you're going to quit America and you're going to quit being American, well, listen, there's all kinds of boats headed to Borneo. Get your ass on one of them. And it's just that simple. Yes, you got the freedom of speech. I'll give you that. But the minute that you begin to disparage your country and say that I'm done being an American, well, guess what? You just renounced your citizenship. You ain't got two legs to stand on, and you ain't got a right to run your pole liquor. Shut it up and get out of my country. Yeah, that's what I told people. I said, you hate this country so much. Renounce your citizenship. Turn in your passport. And get the hell out of here. Yeah. You hate it's this not, president. No. The the you know it's it's these very same people that are talking about President Trump and the way he is, and the way that they talk about him are the same ones that if Republicans were doing the exact same thing, would mm-hmm. have a huge problem with it. Oh yeah. Okay. And listen, everybody knows I never condone talking about sitting president. I've gotten on to many people on this program and on other programs for doing that very thing. Because I believe that the office, no matter how somebody feels about the man, the office itself deserves that respect. And I believe it's true here. Now, in our final topic of the evening, before we go to straight talk after dark, which I'm definitely not looking forward to, um... Michael Cohen, boy, is he in trouble. Yeah. He is in some big doo-doo, reaching out to Ford, using his proximity to the president to get his consulting group hired, Mm -hmm. AT&T, hired his consulting group, countless other companies hired him. The president didn't do anything wrong here. He did. And oh, probably funny. most presidents, I don't know what well, Obama he, he did. He was consulting. I didn't think there was anything wrong with the consulting. Well, it is when you try to leverage your proximity to a president. And consulting, in a lot of ways, is considered lobbying. Mm-hmm. You have to be really careful because you can you can very easily be a lobbyist. So I've got a I've got an issue with Michael Cohen going after these businesses saying, you know, because of his proximity to Trump, they should hire him. That's that's a stain on, on Cohen. It's not a stain on Trump because odds are Trump didn't know. I'm pretty sure he probably didn't. No. Um, but they're gonna they're trying awful hard to tie him to it though. Well good luck with that. Can't indict a sitting president, so do whatever you want to do, can't do it. There's not enough votes in Congress. And I'm going to tell you something. This is this probability and statistics business again. Uh, <laughs> I'm on a probability and statistics rant. Uh, I failed a test last night on probability and statistics. Only the oh, second no. test I've ever failed in college. Wow. I'm sorry. And, well, pff, I passed it this morning, so it's good. <laughs> but I'm just, uh, I was doing some numbers. And I'm going to tell you a little secret about that blue wave. It ain't happening. 
that blue wave is uh, somebody said uh, Tuesday on political on uh, ragtag that they better get some tidy bowl. Mm-hmm. The only blue wave is Democrats being flushed down the toilet, and even Democrats now. The internal there was an internal poll released this morning by the Democrats that I happened to get my hands on, and uh, <laughs> it is not a good day to be a Dem. And the Dems know it. The Dems know it. They're in trouble in Michigan, Illinois, Wisconsin. They're in trouble in Minnesota, West Virginia, Indiana. Uh, They're in trouble in Virginia. They have a humdinger of a a Senate race going on out there Mm -hmm. where the guy that's running, the Republicans chose him wisely because he's from Northern Virginia, which is uh, Blue Central. Right. Okay, and he's been elected there as a congressman multiple times, a conservative Republican congressman. And the ads that they're running, because I'm in that market, it bleeds over, and I can I get them here on the local talk station. Mm-hmm. Whoo! They take Tim Kaine to task. Well, he needs. They to take make- Tim Kaine to task, and if if any state is easy to flip, it is Virginia. Virginia. Virginia goes either way, but Trump's numbers in Virginia have been steadily climbing for the past six months. All right. Having said all that, we'd like to thank everybody for tuning in. Remember, you've got to stand for something. You'll fall for anything. Freedom isn't free. Thank a soldier for without them, we wouldn't be able to do this. Thank the families of soldiers for their support because without them, we wouldn't have an all-volunteer army. Thank us incredibly handsome firefighters because, well, We fight what you fear. And until next time, I'm the political Superman saying, have a good night, everybody, and get your women to make you a sandwich. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.